We have 850 million emails that come in that we have to make sure the systems are secure. Not just to you. you no, 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 no. They all come to you, Jim. Okay. <laughs> yeah, some, some days it feels like that. <laughs> exactly. Um, hi, everyone. This is Jim Ryan, president of the University of Virginia. I'd like to welcome all of you to the fifth episode of Inside UVA. This podcast is a chance for me to speak with some of the amazing people at the university and to learn more about what they do and who they are. My hope is that listeners will ultimately have a better understanding of how UVA works and a deeper appreciation of the remarkably talented and dedicated people who make UVA the institution it is. On today's episode of Inside UVA, I am delighted to welcome J.J. Davis, UVA's Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer. Thanks for being here, J.J. Thanks for having me, Jim. So just first things first, can you tell us how you got the name JJ? And for those who don't know you, is it J period J or is it J-A-Y dash J-A-Y? Oh, that's a great question. J period J period is Jennifer Jeannie. Um, Jennifer was a really popular name. I was born in 1970 and mm-hmm. I got the nickname uh, affectionately because there were five Jennifers on my double loaded corridor in my college dorm room. And there was a payphone at the end and the parent would call. And this is all before the advent of iPhones. And my dad called and he said, I'd like to speak to Jennifer. And they said, who? And so he said, JJ. So that's how it affectionately stuck. So I was affectionately known as JJ from that point on. What were the other four Jennifers called? Jennifer one, Jennifer two, Jennifer, I mean, how did their parents know? Yeah, so it was middle names. It was Anne, Jennifer Ann, Jennifer Marie. Right. Uh, So you are executive vice president and chief operating officer. Um, Executive vice president obviously signals that you are one of the top leaders at the university. There is a president uh, and then three executive vice presidents, um, yourself, Craig Kent, who oversees the health system, uh, and Liz McGill, uh, provost, who has also uh, been a guest on the podcast. So the real question is, what in the world does a chief operating officer actually do? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, first and foremost, I get to lead a team of amazing and dedicated leaders that have thousands of employees under them. To dig a little deeper, I guess what I would say is that we really are the operational support to the teaching, research, and patient care mission. So we're kind of a 24-7 operation. Literally, we provide services from cradle, which when you think of child care centers or providing people their maternity benefits, all the way through to their fabulous careers, ultimately from cradle to grave in the sense of we maintain cemeteries. So, you know, when you think about it sort of in the raw numbers, we have a 30,000 person workforce. We have 3,300 acres that we maintain. And then, you know, we, we, you know, provide and care for, you know, feeding um, facilities, um, safety, security, paychecks. Um, So again, 24-7 operations and really supporting the academic and the healthcare and the research mission of the university. Right. So you are effectively in charge of uh, making the university run on a day-to-day basis. That is, sounds much better than the way I said it. Oh, no, not at all. But So can you give us uh, an idea of who reports to you? Because I think that will, um, would help people understand just how broad um, your portfolio is. 
Yeah, happy to. So I have a VP of finance. So when you think about things like payroll and accounting for funds and procurement, I have a VP for IT, which is all things information technology. I have a senior VP of operations who actually oversees facilities, dining services, all kinds of business services. So everything from parking and transportation to making sure your mail gets delivered. Um, I have a VP of HR, so human resources. So when you think about a 30,000 person workforce, everything from helping onboard individuals to you know, managing their retirement. Um, and in addition to that, uh, I have you know, safety and security. So right. Tim Longo, our chief of police and all the dedicated UVA police officers, and then a whole bunch of additional people. So um, economic development and partnerships in the community. We've got organizational excellence. So yes, it's a dedicated and talented team. And I really feel honored to work with them day in and day out. Well, I'm sure they feel the same way. And I feel personally incredibly lucky that you are working at UVA. I'm curious what got you into this line of work, because um, this is not your first rodeo as a chief operating officer, is it? No, it's not my first rodeo. It's actually my third. Um, So you know what? When I was 20 years old, I didn't know what a COO was, nor did I have any aspirations to do that. Um, In graduate school, I initially was thinking I'd be an environmental lawyer. And then I kind of turned to public policy. I really like those classes, economics, public policy. How do you use facts and figures to help solve complex problems? And then right out of graduate school, I actually became a budget and finance analyst Hmm. in government. And so it was kind of the marrying of like public service. You know, my dad was a dedicated public servant, plus the ability to kind of solve problems on a wide spectrum of issues, financial, operational. And that really is what spurred my love, I think, of sort of organizations and complex issues. And so then, you know, I spent 15 years in government and I was an OMB director, which is very similar, I think, to what a COO does. It's kind of like the intersection of people, facilities, and then strategic problem solving. So then you're right, I left government after 15 years, I went to the University of Delaware, and then ultimately ascended to do sort of chief operating officer work, which is again, it's kind of running like a small city. And, um, and there's always interesting things to work on. And you always have to have cross functional teams, which is something I like, right. So would you say that a, a huge part of the job is really managing other people? Yeah, I would say managing other people or helping to sort of get people together to understand better the problem we're trying to solve Um, or, you know, design thinking work around like, okay, well, who can we bring to the table to help us solve this challenge? I mean, I think COVID is the perfect example of that. You know, we had this amazing opportunity, despite it being COVID, to bring cross-functional teams together all across the system. You know, your team, Liz's team, Craig's team, my team to really kind of think about how are we going to solve this problem today? And so how and why did you end up at UVA? Oh, my gosh. So, um, you know, I first of all, I love UVA. And I think, second of all, I had a keen admiration for a lot of the talent here because I'd worked with them uh, a lot at George Mason. And then the third, you know, Jim, you're you're a seller. Like I was really hooked when I read, wait, what? And um, (laughs) I thought, what a cool opportunity to, to work for you. Well, that leads to my next question, which is, aside from um, working with the president, um, what is your favorite part of the job? Oh, so it's absolutely being out and about with the people, whether it's Mm. the students, the faculty or staff or, you know, going over to the medical center and interfacing with all the dedicated people there, Um, you know, 
every day I, I get to see what people do and how, how hard they work on behalf of UVA to make this place great and good. Okay. So if that's your favorite part of the job, I have to ask you this. What's your least favorite part of the job? Oh, 10 to 12 hours of Zoom meetings just don't do uh, it for me, right? It's right. the it's the antithesis of what I like. Like I, I'm a, you know, high energy, high extrovert. So I like to be around people. So I think COVID was hard for me in that regard, which was, you know, to be remote, you know, people on a screen. It's just, it's doable, but it's not my preferred way to work. Yeah. So talk just a little bit more about being COO during COVID. Walk us through a little bit about the last 18 months and how much it changed your job and and what some of the challenges were. So um, you'll never be bored in a COO job. And I think I could say that with absolute affirmation in COVID. So, you know, uh, challenges came every day, right? I mean, one of the first ones was, well, we have to go remote. So how do the provost and I work with you, Jim, to take all those classes and go online. So it was the faculty, it was the instructional learners in the IT system. It was, do we have the, the technology and the bandwidth to get everybody you know, to Zoom? You know, do we have secure systems for people to work from home? You know, from that to in one weekend, we had to find PPE. Right. Or you know, the next thing was, you know, how do we think about standing up a really inexpensive but very valid testing program. So right. the cross-functionality of the VP of research plus the doctors plus you know our technical people to say, okay, well, what kind of supplies and materials do we need and where are the locations to do that? So every day was different. There are a couple of stressful days along the way. I mean, you know, we had some days where there were a lot of COVID positives, as you know, and then we were into the care and feeding of people in isolation and quarantine. Right. So talk a little bit about that, because I, I don't know that you know people who weren't living it appreciate the fact that at a certain point we realized, well, wait a minute. Uh, now we have this space for isolating and quarantining students, but they need to eat. Right, right. So, you know, we had the congregant living of dorms and we knew we had to separate people for isolation and quarantine purposes. So we had some of our facilities. We actually worked really well in the community with local hotels. But then it was like, okay, well, how do we get them there? Right? Right. How do we safely right. transport them there? Right. Well, how do we get them three meals a day? And what about dietary restrictions? And, it, you know, it really took a village. Like it was a combination of student affairs. It was facilities. It was dining. I mean, everyone just sort of came together and said, okay, here's the problem we have to solve. How do we solve it? Yeah. And, and inspiring because there are an awful lot of volunteers who are working in other parts of the university or in other offices who stepped up and said, I, I'd be happy to help deliver food or do this or do that. That's nowhere near my job description. Exactly. Or even care teams. Remember, you? I think yeah. you guys had the great right. idea of, hey, well, it's not just the, the feeding, but like we have to check in on these people daily, not just their doctor, but how are they doing? What do they need you know, to continue their academic pursuits while being in a room by themselves? I mean, really, um, right. I, I can't say it enough. I mean, I think it tested us and in so many ways. and. On the other side, it's pretty incredible what um, people at UVA accomplished together. Right. So you have a daughter who is a student here, and I wonder what's it like to be the COO of a university where your daughter is a student? Does she provide you helpful feedback on, you know, 
what the dorms are like or what the food in the dining hall is like? Yeah, it's an interesting journey, right? I mean, I think that, yes, she is um, very direct and talented and um, she is not shy. I I wonder where that came from some days. So, yeah, I mean, if she thinks something's off track, um, you know, she'll she'll clearly um, let me know that. Um, But having said that, you know, we do try to respect each other's boundaries. I mean, she's, you know, we want her to be away at college experiencing, um, you know, the full collegiate experience. So I try really hard to, you know, some days I'm mom or one hour I'm mom and one day I'm a COO and I try to really maintain that healthy, I think, balance. And Jeff works here too. So she gets both her parents at UBA. So. (laughs) (laughs) an embarrassment of riches. So you've been here now, this is your, um, you're into your third year. I'm curious whether you have any um, either favorite memories so far or favorite places on grounds. Oh, what a great question. So um, the first year, as you know, my daughter was a senior in high school, so I commuted and I lived in the Muse. And I have to tell you, Mm. that was such an incredible experience. I think one... So you should explain for people what, who don't know what the Muse is. Okay. So the Muse is a small um, facility apartment that sits right behind Pavilion One and has a long history uh, in terms of its use over 200 plus years. Um, initially was uh, a cooking facility and then again transformed into a, basically a, a one bedroom efficiency apartment. Also has a, an apartment above. And so it's often used for visiting scholars or um, people who need some temporary housing. But it really, because I didn't go to school at UVA, it gave me that real that firsthand experience of kind of living on the lawn, um, right. interfacing with students early morning, late at night, um, being able to walk across to Scott Beardsley or Pat Lampkin for a cup of coffee or um, more often a bowl of Cheerios in the morning, but right. um, really gave me that immersion experience that was, I think, really helpful um, to me about learning UVA. Yeah, I had the same feeling living on the lawn the my first year when I and when I was commuting as well. It does um, give you a great perspective on UVA and especially on uh, undergraduate life. So, last question for you, JJ. You gave a great story at a recent uh, Double Take event, uh, and it was about your father. And I know the two of you are very close. And I'm just curious whether there are things that he taught you uh, that remain with you today and relevant either to the way you do your job or um, the way you raise your children. Oh gosh, we could go on for hours. Yeah. He's my, he's my uh, hero. And as you know, um, raised me. So I, I am, you know, incredibly honored and proud and, you know, just a, a debt of gratitude to him. Um, so a couple of quick things, I guess I would say one is, um, you know, family first, right? You could work 24 seven in these jobs, but you've brought a family into the world and they're your priority. Second, I would say is you're only one person. My dad tells me this all the time. So your ability to get things done is dependent on how you work and you treat other people. So my dad's tagline to that is, if you can't be anything else, just be kind. And and I think that kind of sticks with me. I, you know, these can be demanding and stressful jobs, but I do try to bring a can-do fun attitude to the work at hand, even though it can be, you know, pretty intense sometimes. And then I think the last thing, you know, 
And I remember this vividly, you know, at times in my professional career, or, you know, even when I was in college, stressed out with like six exams, you know, my dad would say, always take, take time to stop and smell the roses. And, and I just, that kind of sticks with me. It's just, if you think about grounds and the beauty of this place and just, I mean, there's blueberry bushes outside the back of O'Neill. Who knew, right? If you just I, take the time a little bit. I did not know that. There I'm, are wild I'll, blueberries. Uh, all right. I'll be over tomorrow morning. Um, well, JJ, thanks for taking the time. And uh, on behalf of everyone at UVA, I will say that we are incredibly fortunate to have you um, here. And again, I personally um, am grateful to be able to work with you. And thanks again for spending the time with us. Thanks, Jim. Inside UVA is a production of WTJU 91.1 FM and the Office of the President at the University of Virginia. Inside UVA is produced by Mary Garner McGee, Matt Weber, Brooke Whitehurst, and Nathan Moore. We also want to thank JJ Davis, Nancy Eagle, Monica Schack, and McGregor McCants. Our music is turning to you from Blue Dot Sessions. Listen and subscribe to Inside UVA in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back soon with another conversation about the life of the university. 